Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. I, the service that we had for Mark Davis and the family, I've been doing just about everybody that was there. I cannot believe the number of people that I haven't seen in years. They kept asking me uh, when I die now, preacher, aren't you preach my funeral? And I said, do you all realize how old I am? But uh, anyhow, it was a good time. I just said, I got a lot of hugs and kisses. I don't tell nobody I got them, but I got them. But uh, it was just a good night, and I praise the Lord for it. But I uh, was looking at some, I'm, I'm so thankful that the people that was there that I've known all these years are family-oriented. By that I mean the husband and the wives and the children was all there. And uh, boy, that means so much. And so what I want to talk to you about tonight is one father that brought his son to the Lord. Uh, What is a home without a father? Now we're living in days that a lot of homes don't even have a daddy in it. And so I want to talk to you about that a few minutes. I want to read... In Mark chapter 9, beginning in verse 14. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them. And the scribes questioned with him. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed. And running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, What question you with him? One of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. And whatsoever, or wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnashes with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, how compassionate on us and help us. Jesus says to him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore, and came out of him. And he was as one dead, insomuch that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, And he arose. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing 
but by prayer and fasting. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will help us tonight to understand how important a daddy fear in the home really is. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There's some wonderful and touching stories in the Bible about fathers. God has three institutions that He ordained. Number one is the home. Number two is the church. And number three is government. Now I believe the greatest of these is the home. Did you know that the home was instituted before the church ever came into existence? Now, and as the home goes, so goes the church. And as the church goes, so goes the nation. It's all centers around the Christian home. And that's the reason we must have strong Christian home. Here in Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29, Jesus had just come down from the mountain of transfiguration. And a man brings his demon-possessed son to the Lord. Now the words of verse 17, Master, how I brought him unto my son, thee unto my son. Now normally, you would think that these words were spoken by a mother. Simply because we think of mothers having more concern for their children than do dads. But I note something here that's important. You don't see plaques that read words like these. God could not be everywhere, so he made fathers. But you do see those kind of plaques to mothers, which is great. But what I'm talking to you about tonight is fathers. Now, many times fathers are thought as of as just a necessary evil. You try to find a song in our hymnals of today about fathers, and there's one, though, that goes, Faith of Our Father. Now, here's a little song someone wrote. Daddy, 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 the dear old worthless geezer, the fusses I have made with that old patient teaser, he likes the spirit of mouse most anyone can down him. We let him hang around the house. It's cheaper than to drown him. <laughs> I found those words. <laughs> I thought that was something. In Mark chapter 9, verse 17, is a father bringing his son to Jesus now. Now notice what these words in verse 17 tell us about this father. First of all, look at verse 17. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, how I brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. Now, we can learn several things. Number one, uh, notice that this verse don't tell us if he was a rich daddy or a poor man. Uh, in eternity, that won't matter. Again, this verse don't tell us if he was a success or a failure in business. In eternity, that won't matter. They don't tell us if it was a Methodist or a Baptist or whatever religion. In eternity, that won't matter. These words don't even tell us his name. It just simply says, a father brought his son to Jesus. Now these words do tell us some truths, though, about this father. Number one, this father was a man of faith. Notice he not only believed in Jesus, he believed Jesus was the answer to his problem. Now, what this country needs, is this is the whole message tonight, is our fathers who are men of faith. 
Douglas MacArthur, a great old-time general, wrote these words. I don't want to be remembered as a great general who led the armies of liberated and liberated the people. Rather, I want to be remembered as the Christian father who read the Bible and had family prayers. Hiding Hallerson tells of a time outside his window, he heard this little routine. My dad can beat your dad. One fellow said, my dad knows the mayor. The other little fellow said, that's nothing. My dad knows the governor. The other little boy spoke up real quick, that's nothing. My dad knows God. Now, this father was a man of faith. Now, notice this man's desire to help this boy brought him to Christ. It was his own need. That man, it wasn't, he didn't come to Christ for his own need. He came to Christ for his son's need. Now, this simply tells us every man then ought to be a Christian. Every man ought to come to Christ. If not for his own need, then for the need of his family. You can't be a good father without being a man of faith, a man of Christ. Number two, this father was a man that loved. Now, this father loved his children. I had an old uncle up in West Falls, laid around on the porch all the time and stayed drunk on moonshine all the time and beat his wife and beat his kids, and I'll never forget it. And every one of them boys, as soon as they got up big enough, they left home. And you know, it would be a terrible thing to be a father of several boys and them want to get away from you. I want mine around me. Amen? I want them to come home. Normally, we don't expect fathers to love like mothers. Now, simply because mother's love is more tender. It's more expression. Now, dad's love, is, and it's wrong to give our children the impression uh, that mothers love them more than Christian fathers do. Fathers don't cry as easily because he believes they're uh, more uh, feminine. But a father swallows his lump in his throat and cries out of sight. Remember now, a Christian father is the leader, according to the Bible, the foundation. He's the big man of the home. If he cries, everybody gets nervous. But the fact that he doesn't cry doesn't mean that he can't love. Dad loves too. When this man brought his son to Jesus and said, Master, I have brought my son to thee. He was expressing his love for that son. Number three is this father was a man of good sense. Notice he brought his son to Jesus. Not a Sunday school teacher, not a preacher, not the next door neighbor. He brought his son to Jesus. And that's a lesson we could learn. I believe men in America have uh, failed in this respect. The responsibility of your children does not belong to your wife, nor your school, or law officer, or church. Hillary Clinton, is that her name? Yeah, I think it is. Anyhow, uh, was running for president, and she said, your children don't belong to you. It belongs to all of us. No, it doesn't. It belongs to you and your family. The responsibility of your children does not belong to just your wife or your school or your uh, law officer or your church. 
it belongs to you as a father. And we will answer to God for that responsibility. David made this mistake with Absalom. David was so busy, then he, the bitter news comes to David, and David cried in 2 Samuel 18, verse 33, Oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would God I had died for thee. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. When I read that, though, I put under it, too late. Too late. This father in Mark chapter 9, verse 17, showed common sense when he brought his son to Jesus. Listen to this little story. It's supposed to be true. A man at a country fair, he went through where the livestock was, and he saw this beautiful proportioned hog that had won the blue ribbon. The fellow taking a photograph noticed a little skinny boy standing by some smoking cigarettes and using some awful dirty language and cursing he had ever heard. He inquired and found that that little boy belonged to the same man who raised the fried hog. It had a blue ribbon hog at the county fair, but it had failed with his son. The reason was he was interested in hogs. If you went to that father's home, next to his chair, you would find magazines about hogs. What kind of feed to feed him, what to do with him on a certain stage of his life. He was observed with hogs and how to raise hogs. And then the story goes on to say that... Uh, as he raised prize-winning hog, but he had a boy smoking cigarettes and cursing, far better it would have been to raise a sorry hog than a good boy. Now, we take time to train our dogs, we take time to train our cats, and we even take time to train our birds to talk. And yet, we don't have time for our children. I uh, never will forget to go into Mrs. Huckel's house. She had a big old macaw, a big old polypair or something on her. It's a beautiful bird. And I asked Mrs. Hugo, did that thing talk? She said, yep. And so she had to go outside for a minute. And when she walked out, I said, Polly, want to cry? Polly, want to cry? Can you see anything? Can you talk to me? Not a word. And she came back in. I said, I can get that bird to talk. Anyhow, we sat there. I said, fine. I said, Mrs. Hugo, i got to be going. That little uh, big old bird said, I want to go, take me, I want to go. I mean, he put in him, buddy, he want to go with me. It's strange, isn't it, how we can train birds, dogs, cats, everything in the world. And yet, the Bible says, train up a child. That's my job. That's our job. That belongs in the home. We take time to do all these other things, but we don't take time with our children. The problem is, we're unwilling to pay the price. Now, I believe this, and I've learned this in my old age especially, you don't have anything that you don't put time in It's worth anything. You've got to put time into it. And I believe the only thing you can carry to heaven with you are your children and souls is saved. And I'm so thankful for Mark chapter 10 and verse 14. I want you to listen to this. Uh, the Bible said that Jesus said, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Isn't that wonderful when you read that verse? Do you know what God desires of children? Bring them to me. Bring them to me. That's what Jesus wants. Lastly, 
this father got his son saved. Notice, if you would believe, he had a demon. Another verse says, demons tore him, and he watered around and cut himself. In other words, what a mess. But now, after 20 years later, clean cut, clean family, serving the Lord. Now, that's worth everything. Amen? That's worth effort. That's time uh, time spent wisely in putting your life into your family. And I believe this all my soul. God's going to hold up on many a father responsible for their home. Because God in the beginning, and I have, it's just like I, I had a young couple come in my office and, and I was telling them now, this is what I believe, and if you don't agree with it, then get somebody else to do the wedding. And uh, they sat down there, and I told them, and I said, now, when it comes to the vows, I believe that uh, uh, this is the way it ought to go. And uh, come to her part, and I said, you, you obey your husband and everything. She said, I ain't doing that. I don't believe in that. I said, I ain't doing the wedding then. For this simple reason. Whether you like it or not, or I like it or not, it ain't what I say, not what some uh, anybody else says, it's what God says. And God says the man is the leader of the house. And the woman is to help him. And help me, not under him, alongside him, to help him raise their children. But you take either one. You take the woman out, you take the man out. you got confusion. And the children don't know what to do. They don't know who to follow. And we leave it up to the coach. I thank God for my football coach. He was—he had a lot of impact on my life. But he was not my father. And I think about it uh, many a time that my daddy could have done a lot better for me at being a father to me, but daddy wanted to work all the time. And if you're not careful as a father... And as a daddy at home, you put most of your life into making a living and forget about your children. And God said, don't do that. Bring them to Jesus. And that's the most important thing. Listen, that's an everlasting thing. Amen? And that's the point I want to get across. If I could just get the Father back in the home where they belong and leading and directing and caring for their families, I believe that's what God wants more than anything. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name tonight that you'll have your will in our lives, and especially, Lord, in the family unit. It's not just a mother or just a father. It's the family unit. The father and the mother and the children all serving you together. Let it be so, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for tonight.